Today is a feast day that even regular churchgoers might not remember celebrating, the Feast of the Dedication of the Lateran Basilica. So what is the Lateran Basilica? It's the first building ever built exclusively for Christian worship. Built in Rome by the Emperor Constantine in the year 324. So on one level, this is a feast day for a building. But on another level, it invites us to a wider ranging reflection about holiness. What does it mean for something to be holy? For our Jewish ancestors, if something was holy, it was set apart for God. The Jewish temple was an extremely holy place. But the Old Testament tells us that once Solomon built this designated place set apart for the worship of God, some people thought that they could put God in a box, thinking that God wasn't really present everywhere else. All our readings today include the word temple, but in very different ways. Our first reading is from Ezekiel, the great vision of the water flowing from the Jewish temple, providing abundance to everything it touches. Interestingly, it was written when the first temple was destroyed. Jesus rails against the merchants and money changers in the second temple. And Paul tells each of us that we are temples of God. Let us take a moment to celebrate that the Spirit of God dwells in each of us. Why do we declare certain places to be holy? People of faith use the word holy in a very different way than Robin the Boy Wonder when he declares, Holy Armadillo, Batman! Oh, come on, wake up, people. <laughs> in the Judeo-Christian tradition, for something to be holy, it is considered to be set apart for God. This is an especially interesting concept to consider in the city of Knoxville in the fall of 2014, as a capital campaign is just getting underway, where some of the funds we raise will go to repairing the roof of this very building, and other money goes towards building a new cathedral. Why do we spend money on church buildings? Aren't all places holy in the eyes of God? Now, Tennesseans understand the idea of making a pilgrimage to a special place for inspiration. In Knoxville, we go to the mountaintops. In Nashville, people revere Ryman Auditorium. And I'm sure we all know people who've gone to Graceland and Memphis for a spiritual experience. These aren't the only places that we can have extraordinary experiences. But we enter these spaces with a heightened expectation of the extraordinary. Maybe that's why I found the Paulus pilgrimage to Rome in 2008 to be so spiritual. On the very first day, I had three profound experiences in three grand structures. Moments after we celebrated the Sacrament of Reconciliation at St. Mary Major, Cardinal Bernard Law spoke to us. I felt challenged by the Holy Spirit. Here was the man at the heart of the United States clergy abuse scandal, and I faced him moments after celebrating God's forgiveness. Less than two hours later, we visited our redemptorist brothers on the Via Marilana, joyously celebrating that even though Isaac Hecker had been expelled from the redemptorists, that tragedy had led to the founding of the Paulist Fathers. 
that afternoon in front of a series of plaques from various Orthodox churches commemorating the thousandth anniversaries of Saints Cyril and Methodius, we quietly prayed for the unity of all Christians. It was an electric moment. So perhaps there's a good reason for places to be set apart, to be designated as holy. Why are certain items considered to be holy? It's similar to why many of us have ridiculous amounts of orange in our wardrobes. Some Catholics have a fondness for palms and ashes, crucifixes and icons, scapulars and habits, because they are what are called sacramentals. These are items set apart. They set us apart from other people, declaring our identity, our beliefs, and our values. Why are certain actions considered to be holy? That's a fascinating question in this multi-generational parish, filled with some people who dress casually but prefer to kneel, and others who dress formally but prefer to stand. Why are certain people considered to be holy? As a priest and a member of a religious community, I struggle with this. I don't think that I'm especially holy. As a Generation Xer, I am not big on sporting external signs of my vocation. I've worn my polished habit a grand total of three times in my life. Yes, there is a polished habit. And I'd prefer that people call me rich instead of Father Rich. I'm glad I didn't come into religious life at a time when I would have been required to receive what's called a tonsure, having the crown of my head shaved. There are plenty of people in this room right now who I think are a lot holier than I am. Paul exhorts all of us to be temples of the Holy Spirit. What makes us holy? Is it our internal attitude or or our external appearance? Does the former lead to the latter? Is St. John 23rd Parish holier than the mountaintop? Is it less holy than a more traditional-looking church like Immaculate Conception? Don't ask Father Ron that. He might have a different answer. Or are the people inside the church building the main determinant of its holiness? On the second day of our pilgrimage, we visited the Lateran Basilica, the building which we commemorate on this feast day. But the main spiritual fruit of the visit there did not come to me until later, when my friend Isabella, who was on the pilgrimage as well, posted her pictures on Snapfish. In one picture, she captured a bunch of pilgrims looking up at the ornate ceiling, including me. And yes, I posted this picture on Facebook this morning. And it was then that I discovered that I had a bald spot on the top of my head. (laughs) Honestly, I had no idea. I mean, I can't even feel it now. It was a humbling moment (laughs) to recognize that I didn't feel middle-aged, but I was definitely starting to show some signs or symptoms. Has God decided to give me a permanent tonsure to make me more humble, to possibly make me more holy? When we come to this place set apart, we step out of ordinary time and into the Mass. And in the Mass, we receive the sacrament of the Eucharist. And in the Eucharist, we receive additional graces, strengthening the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And in that grace, we are made more holy, more ready to take our place at the banquet in the heavenly 
Jerusalem.